A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <sighs> Trump got better, didn't he? That's the world's most annoyingest news. I mean, we were all, come on, come on. You know, I don't wish ill on many people, but... You know the people being all like, oh, well, you can't say that about someone you don't want to wish somebody dead? Listen, the last person I wished dead, I actually loved. So, you know, you can't all be bad for wanting someone to die, can you? Anyway, I'll leave that with you. Episode six. <laughs> tone after the tone after the tone Leave your message after the tone Yee-hoo! Hello, 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 hi! Welcome to After the Tone, a weekly podcast made up entirely of your voice notes. Uh, my name is Scotty and I am your host, as I am every week. And each week I listen to your messages for the first time while sat on my bed. Live! Live! And, um, well, I, I guess I just sort of sit here and I worry about the future, really. <laughs> because um, you're all completely mental. Actually, I found out this week that you're not supposed to say mental which put me in a quandary, which is a very big word for me, very sophisticated word, quandary, because I am a mental. So are you allowed to say mental if you're a mental? Answers on a postcard, please. Today I do feel a bit like bunged up, but I think it's because I've had the central heating on for the first time properly, so all the dust in the house is sort of everywhere, if you know what I mean. Do you know the smell of central heating? Just me, on my own? No. It makes me sneeze. And now, of course, now I'm like trying to prevent myself from a sneeze. You know, do you remember the good old days when you actually used to lean into a sneeze? Well, now I'm trying to prevent one because I'm sure that every sneeze is going to be my last. I tell you what, I have turned into, what's the word? A hypochondriac. I was going to say an agrophobic, but that's that's the other one, Freudian slip. I turned into a hypochondriac with all this malarkey that's going on. And I think it's because of me nan. 
Now, my nan has been on the same tablets that she's been on since 1985 for a urinary tract infection that still hasn't cleared up. So you put two and two together. Anyway, too much information? Well, I think that's all good reason to call. Have you turned into a hypochondriac? Are you also convinced that you're dead inside? I mean, dying? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually quite interested to know if any like students who are distancing, you know, like students in halls playing with post-it notes on the window do you listen i mean if you are if you're a hypochondriac of any of those things open up the whatsapp send us a voice note i would love to hear from you send your voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero Thank you very much, Producer Debbie. So, okay, I guess, you know, we might as well do it. Grab the ball by its actual horns. Why is that a saying? The last thing I'd be thinking of doing if a ball was charging at me is to grab it by the horns. Did anyone see that man that got killed by cows in a field the other day? He was a teacher as well, bless him. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Hi, Scotty. It's Ashley. So, um, tonight for our tea... Because it's Friday, we're having yellowfish, which is smoked haddock in a white sauce with mashed potatoes and peas. Firm family favourite. Oh, God. Well, there was so much about that that brings such a trauma to me. Yellowfish. Could you imagine if it... Oh, I know it's to do with something when someone puts it in a shed and puts some bark underneath it, it makes it taste nice. But I tell you what, where I come from, it's not right. It's not right. I don't understand, and I've said this many a time, if anyone follows me on the Instagram, Scott is fat. I don't get why people are obsessed with having fish with cheese. In my head, I'm like, did I miss... That episode where Mary Berry goes, classic combination, sage and onion, fish and cheese. I just, just the thought of like hot yellow fish and cheese. You disgust me. Hey, Scotty, we're having onion soup for tea because I thought we were running out of onions, but actually we had shed loads. So it's sort of like French onion soup. But it's made by a kiwi, so it's kiwi onion soup. And I haven't got any French bread, so I'm going to stick cheese on burger buns to float on the top. Do you know what? The inventiveness of this, I think it deserves its own round of applause. I'm not going to give one, but you know what I mean. Because what I love nothing more is inventiveness. I mean, when it comes to what you're having for your tea, if you're having it avant-garde, no thank you. But if you're in a quandary like this person was, I've got onions, ain't got much else. So I'm turning a burger bun into a bit of cheesy topness business. Yeah, I'm here for it. The French really like the onion soup, don't they? And you know what I like? Every time I try to say l'oignon, because I can't say it, I just go l'oignon soup. And they just look at you like, how dare you? It's almost like a French person's come into a fresh restaurant and gone... Fish finger sandwich. And we'd be like, what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> Love a fish finger sandwich, actually. Quite partial. But, you know, it's got to be the right alchemy of ingredients. I know you didn't call about a fish finger sandwich, but we're on it anyway. It's got to be shit white bread, isn't it? With really shit, nasty, sugary ketchup. Oh, I long for the day. 
day gorgeous um i hope you're well so i'm just giving you a quick bell today because i think i found the thing that'll sway you um to enjoying spoken word so like a few weeks back now i went to a spoken word night and oh man i, I found a new breeze poets law so obviously you had like your classics like um there was mental health poems and there was a gorgeous one about the surge of the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, like, the classics. But then, oh, wait, you've got the scallies. So here they are in, like, the full head-to-toe, North Face couture, yeah, doing bits about conspiracy theories and there were at least two poems on 5G and then oh there was one oh it probably got me so this fella comes up obviously full trackies looking fresh fucking one tens on yeah gets onto the mic spliff in his mouth takes his spliff out and is like oh god it's all my poem it's called the queen's a lizard and then like off he bops oh it was just fantastic there was another one which was like um I can't remember, I want to remember this bit. Birds, flu, are you a bird? Do you have the flu? They're lying to you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just proper West. <laughs> so I think I found it. I think I found the spoken word for you. I think you'll absolutely buzz off it. Scow, scally, spoken word. It's going to be the new thing. But yeah, I'm sending me love. I hope you're having a boss day. And yeah, catch you soon. Love, 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 love. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgy, gorgy, gorgy. Okay, love this message on so many fucking levels. First up, married to a scarcer for the last... Well, we've been together. How long have we been together with James? About 17 years, I think. Forever. So I'm like, plastic scarce. So this message, which I <laughs> just adore, is just so scarce. <laughs> it's just, I think I found it for you, la. Love it. Um, oh my God, the best. Best human beings all come from Liverpool. Hands down, sorry, just telling you as it is. Right, I, not going to lie, the image in my head is actually quite fit. I love the idea of these scowls. And by the way, just local language for the pool and the walls is that you call a scowl, it's basically like somebody in a tracksuit, somebody working class, usually you might refer to like a scowl being more gendered toward a butch or a bloke. But it's not, it's not like it's in this context being used as a slur. It's, as the caller just said, like, head to toe in the North Face Couture and the 110s. Yes, basically, fit. <laughs> fit. If all poets were like that, I'd be like, sign me up. <laughs> I'll buy you a chapbook. <laughs> Also, um, do you know what? I love that working class men are all for this, like, conspiracy... It's like the new faith of working class men is conspiracy theory. And I blame YouTube. I blame YouTube. YouTube is just basically, like, the working man's encyclopedia. But anyone can fucking contribute to it, can't they? Actually, if we can get one of them to call up and um, do us the Queen as a lizard, I mean... I would do Phil for that. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Live, on air. Oh, well, fuck it. I would. It's the truth. And I'm sure you would too. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Hi, Scotty. 
I've been working on this like massive, massive project for two years. We're going to launch products. It's all going to be very exciting and stuff in theory. And inside, I'm absolutely fucking shitting it, quite honestly. Because I've worked for brands for a long, long time and worked on lots of projects and lots of products that have come out and have been successful. But it's like one of the first times where I feel like I'm finally going to be sort of like measured on it. <laughs> And I'm finding the whole prospect really terrifying. And I know we've worked hard. And I know what we've made is really good. But I'm still like, what if people don't get it? <laughs> what if people don't like it? What if I'm a total fraud? And I think it's this, like, imposter syndrome thing. Because I've always known that as a fat queer commoner from outside of, like, posh families... I'm a bit of an outlier in my world of smells and perfume and so on. So I just feel a bit like petrified that this is going to show them that I'm actually that fake, that outlier, that fraud, and that I didn't know what I was on about all this time. And I just, uh, I'm kind of having a hard time dealing with it. Well, what a lovely call. Now, in your own words... Fat queer commoner, I'm not sure why you've called me. <laughs> Listen, in all honesty, I totally understand that imposter that's always looking over our shoulder that's going like, you're going to fail, you're going to fuck up, you're the worst. Um, and it's there for lots of different reasons, right? It's there for fatness, it's there for queerness, it's there for commonness. But for commonness, it's there really loudly. And it's there because it's about our worth and our value and everything we've been taught as the working class. You know, our whole identities are built upon some sense of success being equated to worth and capitalism and all of that. Oh, I hope I'm not sounding like that fucking Pompsy cunt. What's his name? Russell Brand. You know, the philosopher of like the working classes who like, I'm just like, would you have a fucking break for 10 minutes and not have a fucking opinion on everything you can't? Um, anyway, back to you. It's always going to be there. But I think the good thing to remember is there's, like, a lot of people. And even if, you know, like, a thousand people buy your thing, which, from the sound of your message, it sounds like that would be a low number for you. There's a thousand people that think you're great. I think you're gorgeous for having called up and sharing your problem, because I'm sure there are other people going through a similar shit to you. Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, something that I tell artists when I'm working with artists who ask me a similar question, like, oh, when does the imposter go away? And I'm like, it never does. And that's a that's a difficult truth. It's difficult to tell people, oh, no, I'm still, every time I walk out on stage or do something or make a piece of work. Like, with my artwork, because I make some bits and stuff for the wall and stuff, and even, I guess, sometimes with this... Well, actually, I know with this, every week I ask producer Debbie, was I all right? That I constantly feel underqualified. I constantly feel like I'm a bit of a sham. And someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, oh, sorry, we've worked it out. No. Russell Tovey is better. <laughs> Hi. I've just started a new job this week, and it is so quiet... It's like a massive, great big industrial building with lots of different offices. Even if you walk through one end to the other, every room is silent. You can just hear a little bit of the radio in each section and that's it. You know, I'm enjoying the peace and quiet. It's nice. 
But then when I go to the toilet and it's empty and it's so echoey, if you're in there on your own, then it's fine. But the minute someone else is in there, I get the fear. I don't know who's in there. They're in the cubicle next to me. I can't see them. I don't really know anyone well enough anyway. But the sound of someone else going for a wee next to me, oh, my God, the sensory overload is so much that I get the fear going into the toilets now. Because if someone comes in, it doesn't stop me going for a wee. Well, it does because I just I freeze. But I think, how can they go for a wee when they know there's someone else in here and it's echoing, there's no other sound. I just find it so... <laughs> Can't, I can't explain what I'm trying to say, but I can't deal with how someone just doesn't care. A girl did a wee and farted as well, and it echoed, and I was just sat there like, I can't even laugh. It's not funny. I can't believe that you don't care. <laughs> and I've been thinking about it all week, that why do I get all worried? And that's why. It's weird, isn't it? It blows my mind. So, yeah, discuss. <laughs> hard relate. <laughs> hard relate. Now, I hard relate because I often... I don't do a stand-up wee. I do a sit-down wee. I think it's far less stressful. I don't have to interact with men. And I just find it a, a much more pleasurable experience. Now... You're right, there's nothing more sinister than someone walking into a toilet and you being the only two people there. Particularly, do you know what I like? If somebody else comes in and they wash their hands and the, and the hand dryer goes off, I think, oh, a bit of atmosphere. Now, I, I still feel like this, even though I've been to countries like Japan and Germany, where, let me add, people just do whatever the fuck they want. People are having big old strainy old dumps. They're squeezing shit out. They're fucking pissing all over the... Well, they're not pissing over the floor. They're lovely people. But that sense of like, well, I'm here to do a toilet is um, a toilet. My God, who am I? In my experience in those countries, it's just like, oh, well, we're just going to do it. Japanese toilets are very lovely, though, public toilets. And they can play music as well to kind of get over that fear. So maybe play it on your phone. It's like when you get a new partner, isn't it? And you've got to have a shit in the house for the first time. It's like, oh, I'm just listening to a podcast or whatever. I mean, I'm projecting here, definitely. But... um. There is something to do with the sort of interaction of being in a public toilet with other people. I'll tell you what I find the most disconcerting is having a poo or a wee in America. Because I tell you what, you could fit a fucking quiche through the gap that they have in the door. In. <laughs> Not like you'd want to. But you can literally have eye contact with the person outside the cubicle because the doors don't align. It's like, I mean, either it's a cultural thing or all the carpenters in America are pissed. Hi, Scotty. How are you? This is Trisha. Uh, Trisha Goddard, in case you forgot my surname. Just want to say thank you to you and everybody who listens to your brilliant podcasts. Uh, big shout out, big hugs and big, big love. 
and uh, watch this space soon. I'm going to be back on your TV screens in the not-too-distant future. Da-da-da! <laughs> Hugs and kisses. Bye! <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? Trisha Goddard. Now, if for people who are just joining in now... Trisha has come up quite a lot in previous episodes. And of course, you know, Trisha wants the right to respond. So Trisha has... <laughs> Trisha has definitely responded. <laughs> Trisha from the telly. Can you believe... Now, people who are listening to this overseas... Well, actually, some people in America might know her because she's done telly over there. Basically, she's like British Oprah. I mean, that's really bigging her up and I'm sure she'd really love that. But she is. But without the magazine and the secret lesbian past and, well, I mean, she was just on the telly presenting a chat show. Anyway, but I love the fact that Trisha Goddard is called in and I love the fact that we get the scoop. Trisha's going to be back on UK televisions very soon. You know, the thing I can't get away from listening to this message is that at the end she goes, da, da, da. And I keep on thinking... Is that the start of the Strictly Come Dancing theme tune? Or did she mean to go dum-dum-dum? Because if da-da-da was dum-dum-dum, I'm going to have words. Because I keep on listening to it thinking, is that the start of this morning? Is it EastEnders? Is it Strictly Come Dancing? Yeah, I keep going through them all in my head. <gasps> Maybe she's going to be in the jungles. <gasps> Imagine if that news broke here first. She was going to be in the jungles and um, I was going to call them Kevin and Perry. Anton Deck. Anton Deck called out to be like, well, I'm sorry. You're going to have to retract that statement because Trisha is <gasps> celebrity. Oh, I mean, it's got to be something. Maybe it's celebrity on ice. Who knows? Anyway, we could go through them all. Could be Love Island. Who fucking knows? Trisha Goddard back on the telly. 2020's getting better. Hi, Scotty. It's the carer here again. God almighty, it's been um, it's been a week. So I, I thought to myself this week, you know, I went, you know what, just take care of myself, be about me. Get yourself a bottle of red wine, sit down, watch something on the telly, take your mind off things. And then I saw Doctor Who doing Dennis Nilsson. And I was like, yes, what's, what's that? Watch that. Yeah, Fierce, he's great in it, Dennis Nilsson. But what I wasn't expecting, because I started watching the documentary afterwards on BBC, which is really recommended, and all the 80s stuff in it, which I wasn't ready for, was like, what is it, like a fucking repressed memories just come flooding back. So sorry if I'm a bit of a ramp with this, but, oh, girl, I just suddenly remembered the amount of gay shame that I felt all around that. So it must have been about, I was 14, 15, I think, when he got convicted. But I clearly remember a group of us, all schoolmates on a Saturday, because one of them, as cousin, was up in Muswell Hill and knew the flat and knew Dennis Nilsson. So we all got a red bus rover, which got you across London, wherever you wanted, on, on buses. We all went up there. And I clearly remember going around the corner and standing outside of all the taping and the police everywhere outside. And there was like protesters there, all Christian lot, shouting, you know what I mean? Death to the bum boys, and there were gay sinners living there and all that. And then all of that gay shit, I remember it, it was the, there was so much homophobia in the British press over that in the 80s with all of that. It was, you know what I mean, like the dirty bum boys deserved it. And even around here at home, in all the care, 
you know, I remember looking at mum and I remember just the conversations hearing in the backgrounds going, God, they're all fucking dirty homeless bum boys and, you know, gays and fuck. It was just horrendous, the gay bashing, what was going on. I remember on TV all the time. And I remember this recurring nightmare I used to have at the time as well about Mark Almond that I was trapped in a bed set and he was sitting on the end of my bed and I would like wake up and he would be like, in bed sit land, you sit alone. And I would freak out and there'd be like a wardrobe full of bodies bleeding and I'll try and pull the curtain back and it was just a brick wall behind the curtain and Mark Almond would switch between Dennis Nilsson and Mark Almond. Oh, I can remember the show. I mean, so all of this literally kept me fucking pinned to the back of the closet. I remember the shame about coming out, you know what I mean? It was like, get AIDS, get murdered, or die alone in a bedsit with Mark Holman singing to you with a wardrobe full of bodies. Well, I guess one out of three ain't too bad for 51. Oh, the shame of it all. All the shame. Oh, the carer, it's so gorgeous to hear you on the weekly. Yeah, I also watched it, dear listener, if you don't know what we're on about, Des on ITV. It's a biopic about... A biopic, it makes it sound like it's a celebratory life thing, like the Rocket Man or something, isn't it? It's basically about Dennis Nielsen, a very famous gay serial killer. And yeah, I felt really similar. I thought, David Tennant, doesn't she do a good job? Um... It's just a little bit before my time, but I'm, you know, I'm Kentish Town and he used to work in Kentish Town. So it wasn't like the story wasn't about. And it was always this weird, like, sinister, all the gay boogeyman. I find, like, our obsession with true crime fascinating, right? We're really fascinated by murderers and what they do. And we're very rarely interested in how the alchemy was right for the victims to be in that space. And I think you touch on it there. Of course, like, he had access to these gay and queer men and straight men who were working as sex workers because how much we were and are sidelined. Of course, there is vulnerability there and people without home or money and so they're needing to find means. And so, of course, they're not going to be picked up by the systems that are supposedly in place to look after. They're going to be picked up by people who want to, you know, take advantage. When you were talking about gay shame there, I was thinking, and it was sort of reminiscing on it, I was thinking, oh, I, I don't know if I've, I've actually ever ridded myself of it. And I don't know, like the imposter syndrome, I don't know if it's ever possible for yourself to shake it. Because, I don't know, if you've ever had your head kicked in for being a Nancy, if you've ever been mocked and laughed and worried about your own safety, I think whenever you grab a partner's hand, you look over your shoulder. We know so many stories. You know, Dennis Nielsen is the one large story in the public eye because of what he did was so horrific. But, you know, we know so many stories of the trade gone wrong or people getting beaten up because they've took the wrong person back who also had gay shame. I think they call it gay panic, don't they? I wonder if with this like new generation of kids who are like coming out earlier, maybe two or three years earlier than I came out. I wonder, you know, the more that that sort of happens and the more that sort of queerness becomes this accepted realm of our society if it will ever be, I wonder if what it would be to have a generation of untraumatised, unaffected, unshamed queers. I wonder what our community looks like then. 
oh, well, we're getting through these today. Isn't it been lovely? You know, we're going from the light to the shade, as they say, aren't they, sweetheart? Next week, we would love you to join in on the chat as well. If you're a first-time caller, we love it. No judgment here. The number you need to open up that WhatsApp and send a voice note to is... 0788 200 3420. Honestly, it'd be lovely to hear you. You don't... There's never a theme. We don't have to choose a topic. Some people call up and say what they have for the tea. Other people want to talk about serial killers. I mean, it's all to play for. Right, let's get on with the show. Hiya, Scotty, love. It's that JRF here. Hiya, love. Yeah, I just was listening to episode five of After the Tone. And, uh, oh, I feel really special. I feel really, really cherished. And um, being a big, fat Mary, being a fat camp fairy, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? I'm smacking my legs as I'm saying that. Isn't it wonderful? I was just thinking, as a kid, I proper hated myself for being camp. I was desperate to be a real boy, a la Pinocchio. I really wanted to be a little boy. But the thing was, I was a boy. I was a little boy. I was just a camp little boy and there's nothing wrong with it. Isn't it mad? 38 and I've just discovered I just love being a big camper's tits. Camper's Christmas. Just, oh, I love being camp. I love it. Yeah, I used to get proper bollocked, like proper bollocked as a kid for being faggy. I've understood as I've got older that my grandparents and whatever person my mother was married to or going out with and my mum was terrified of this queer kid like I was from another planet it also didn't help matters let me tell you this for spite it didn't help matters that my mum married a gay man (laughs) plot twist yeah, she married him to cure his homosexuality. Well, it didn't work. Uh, surprise, surprise. Anyway, I appreciate that my family, as fucked up and weirdly religious as they were, were frightened of what my life could be. So they tried very hard to masculinise me when I was desperate to sing and dance and go to the ballet and wanted to go into theatre and instead I had to play cricket and football and rugby and karate. Can you imagine me doing karate? I did like the little white pyjamas that you got to wear. But what I was going to say is I love the fact that we are campus hits. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Hooray for femmes. Hooray. And you know what? Hooray for butches as well. Like, let's get it all in there. Isn't it mad? You know how sometimes you butch yourself up. I always do this for callous working men who come into the house when they've got to come and service me boiler. I always butch up, which is ridiculous. (laughs) All right, Paul. Or I used to anyway in the past. Now I don't care. 
I answer the door in a kimono. Well, I don't answer the door in a kimono, but I do answer the door in a turban and a caftan, looking like Liz Hurley. Not Liz Hurley, Liz Taylor. <laughs> Chicken drumstick in me hand. Are you the callous working man I ordered? So anyway, I'll um, I'll sign off and just say, love the show, love being campus tits, love you being campus tits, love and light, God bless, sweetheart. You can't help but just love the, I believe they call it the juxtaposition of the last two calls from two of our regulars as well who sit at the end of the proverbial, I think is the word, after the tone bar, giving us their little bits of wisdom every week. I'm, I love it. I really love that we're starting to get regulars and um, I hope you do too. Couldn't help but laugh at that beauty of Jareth finding this joy of being like, I'm a big fat Mary. <laughs> Woo! Yes, for being big old camp queens. Do you know what? I think for ages I tried to deny myself of being common. I used to speak posh. Yeah, if you look at old videos of me, I'm not trying to speak posh. It's quite hilarious because I'm just trying to say the ends of my words, but I still sound like Kathy Burke. <laughs> I tried to not make myself fat, so I used to just wear black smocks. And I tried to decamp myself as well. And these are just modes of survival, aren't they? We just try to do these things to get through life without getting our heads kicked in. But when you realise that you're magic because you are a big fat Camp Mary, who is common as muck, then, oh, the joy, the joy, the absolute joy. I know what you mean about a callous working gentleman coming into the home. I don't like to do the talking. I just like to do the looking. I was broken down on the motorway not so long ago and um, a man from the RAC came along. It wasn't from the AA, it was from the RAC. Average looking person. As soon as he got his head underneath that bonnet, I'll say that again, as soon as he got his head underneath that bonnet, I thought, Oh, skilled men are very attractive. Maybe that's what I'm finding with the um, scowls that are poets. It's that sense of um, being in touch with the sensitivity. I am, I was going to say a sucker. I am, yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a working class man that's sensitive. Mm. Give me a working class man that can um, draw a picture and I'll be like, oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> And on that note, we have come to the end of After the Tone 6. Look at that, isn't that lovely? It's been a lovely show today. Now, full confession, me and producer Debbie always said we'd just do six in a season, see how it goes. If people like it, we'll carry on. So... It's do or die now, dear listener. If you would like us to carry on the podcast, what we need or would like you to do is drop us a line. The number that you need to WhatsApp a voice note to is... 0788-200-3420. But more importantly, if you want to give us a review, if you want to follow us or encourage your friends to listen to us, that will give us the very loud message that we should probably be thinking about making an After the Tone 7. Again, you can get in contact with me on all social media channels. Mm-hmm. 
at Scotty is fat or just put a message out there using hashtag after the tone pod P-O-D. It's been a lovely week, isn't it? Oh, it's yet again been a gorgeous roller coaster. Um, thank you very much to all the people who submitted uh, calls this week. What diamond people. Like I say, if you sat there and you sat on your hands thinking, oh, I should call in, but I don't know what to call in about. Just do it. Come on. Anyway, it's been gorgeous having you in more ways than one. And who knows, might see you next week. Might not. Depends on you. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with voice notes from weirdos across the world. Shout-outs to JJ Cranston, Louise Mothersole, and Podcast.co. After the Tone is a Debbie Productions production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.